Let's turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 8, if you will, as we continue our study on the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8. Good to see each one of you. I trust that you're having a wonderful week. And uh, we do praise the Lord for what has been going on. We've had a, a, a day or two with uh, very little rain. That's new for us, isn't it? And uh, uh, we're getting into that rainy season there. But how many know at this stage in the year, when you have a day that doesn't rain, you have to do a whole lot of yard work. And you've got to try to make up for several weeks when you can't get out there, it's too cold and too wet. Uh, so, Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27. By the way, I mentioned uh, we need to be uh, praying also for Dennis Burlingame. I, he talked to me earlier before the service, and he's, his health is, is uh, not doing well, and the, there's nothing the doctors could do right now. They're just asking him to uh, stay home and, and take good care of himself. Uh, I told him we'd pray for him tonight. So after we read this passage of Scripture, we'll have a prayer and we'll get to mention his name as well. Let's look at the Scripture. If you have that passage, could you stand very quickly and we'll read. We're just looking at two verses, Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and verse 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray as we study about the Holy Spirit that he will certainly meet with us. I know he indwells us, but I know also your word says that he gathers with us as the Lord Jesus Christ does as well. And Lord, we pray the Holy Spirit would lead and guide us and teach us from your word. I pray, dear Lord, that all of our hearts could be helped, our lives could be uh, encouraged and helped and strengthened through the lesson tonight. Father, I pray you'll be with Dennis Burlingame and his wife Mary. I pray you'll bless them. Lord, we think of so many of our different people, especially as they get older, who have health issues. And I'm so glad, dear Lord, that you're the great physician, you take care of us, but there will be a day with no more sickness, no more sorrow, no more loss. And we thank you so much for that, that that is our eternal destination. And we look forward to that day, Lord, in your timing. So bless us now and bless each person, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Maybe seat it. <coughs> so tonight we're looking at the Holy Spirit, your prayer partner. This is about the 10th, 11th, or 12th, I guess, lesson we've had on the Holy Spirit. We have uh, maybe three or four more that I want to look at, maybe a few more. But I trust that it's been a help to you. And what, especially, I hope that it's not an intellectual uh, thing that where you just learn more about the Holy Spirit, but I trust your relationship with the Holy Spirit has been helped as well. And so that's the goal of any preaching or teaching, is not to fill our head but to fill our heart and make a difference in our lives. God's not looking for uh, just information, but transformation. God wants to change us in our relationship with Him. Ultimately, in heaven, we'll have a perfect relationship with God the Father, God the Son, 
and God the Holy Spirit. But until that day, we want to grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and of the God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. We want to learn more about them and their role and their working in our lives so that we better yield to his purposes and not ours. And so in this passage of scripture, we were reading about prayer. We're going to come back to both of those verses. I'm going to start by way of introduction and say the Holy Spirit is our spiritual teacher. The Bible says in John chapter 16, verse 13, Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Guide you into all truth. And so many times, if we're not careful, we tend to follow teachers or even preachers. And, and we all need spiritual leaders. I'm not to downplay that. But I'm saying uh, you can have the best teacher and the best preacher, but no one comes close to the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. He will teach you things on a daily basis, multiple times every day. And the Holy Spirit has that ability to call into remembrance Scripture and what Jesus Christ has said, and even what pastors have taught us and teachers have taught us and our own parents and Sunday school teachers and growing up. And the Holy Spirit of God takes record. He is a witness of all the teaching we've ever had in our life, and He has that ability to bring it back to us. That's one of the things I love about sharing the gospel is I will quote verses sometimes that I do not remember quoting in the last 30 years. But there'll be a situation where the person asks a question, I'll need to answer that, and I'm thinking, okay, I don't have time for a Bible study. But the Holy Spirit will bring back a verse that I learned maybe as a 10-year-old boy or a 13-year-old teenager. And God has that ability to bring it Remember, he says, he will teach you all things whatsoever I have said unto you. And so he has that ability to bring recall into the life of a believer. He gives you, there's sometimes you will uh, preach or teach on a spiritual truth. And he will give you the capacity to illustrate it in a way that you've not thought of. You don't have written down in your notes But the Holy Spirit will just give this illustration to you and said, this will work. And there's been so many times in my life where I've said something like that. And I thought, man, could I just stop and write that down so I could use it again? But for most of the time, it's a one-time thing. Because I don't write it down. And I can't remember everything I've said. But the Holy Spirit will do that. Remember this one thing. Jesus Christ said... Uh, They're going to bring you before uh, the authorities. And he said, I'm going to give you this insight. He said, don't think or meditate on what you're going to say. Don't worry about that. Don't say, what am I going to answer when they they arrest me? And he's talking to Christians who very likely would get arrest maybe. What, What would you say? He said, don't worry about it because when the time comes, I'll put the words in your mouth. I'll give you what to say. Now, that's one of the things that you and I as Christians can claim. And may I say, you don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a missionary. You don't have to be full-time Christian service. You don't have to have stepped foot in a Bible college. If you are a believer in every situation in your life, 
The Holy Spirit of God has that capacity to give you what you ought to say. Let me just give this simple illustration. Uh, All you husbands, have you ever had your wife ask you a question and you think, I don't know how to answer that? If I answer it that way, I'm going to get in trouble. If I answer it in that way, I'm going to get in trouble. If I get it that way, I'm going to seem callous. If I sing that way, I'm going to think uh, that's. I'm going to think my business, her business is my. Uh, you know, yeah, there's times you just don't know what to say. And the Holy Spirit still has the capacity to give you something, and you say, "Thank you, Lord." <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know what I was going to say. Now, ladies. I'm confident for every time that happens to a husband, it happens twice for a wife. You're thinking, I don't know how to answer him, what he said. What's for dinner? Should I tell him, what do you think? <laughs> or should I say, well, it's going to be good. Or should I just go through the list? Well, we're having this, 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 this. You know, you don't, you don't always know what to say. And sometimes you don't want to say what you feel like saying. But the Holy Spirit has that capacity just to give you what you need. And so let me just encourage you in that. We're looking at the Holy Spirit as being our prayer partner. So he's a teacher in every single area of our life. Our prayer life is our open line of communication with our Heavenly Father. So we know God lives in us. We know the Holy Spirit lives in us. We know the Lord Jesus Christ dwells in a believer. We know we have access to God at all times. He is communicating to our spirit. The Holy Spirit is communicating our spirit all the time on a constant basis. But prayer is our communication to him. That's our talking to him. Now, prayer is uh, in many ways a mysterious type of thing for many believers. It shouldn't be. If I talk to you, I call that conversation. If I talk to God, I call that prayer. So prayer is just talking with God. Now, in our minds, especially if you grew up in church, you're thinking that prayer is, uh, you know, sitting in your chair with your head bowed and your uh, prayer list in front of you or uh, kneeling beside your bed or kneeling beside a chair or Uh, being in a, quote, prayer closet, as some people have done in the past, or it's an isolate. No, you can be driving down the road and pray. You can be walking and praying. Didn't Jesus say, watch in prayer? Now, I know he didn't mean keep your eyes open. I, I know that. He meant be alert, looking, looking. But watch in prayer. So, yeah, you, you can, you can pray all the time. Now, I never grew up with, um, with the idea that prayer is meant to be a 30-minute session in the, in the everyday life of a believer. In fact, I, never, I, I was never taught a timetable. I was taught to pray. But I never had a, a teacher growing up in a church I had not pastored that every... Christian ought to have 10 minutes a day, 5 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day. I've been to conferences where they challenge you to preach an hour a day. And I'll let you know I kept that up for a week and a half. 
a week and a half. And I thought that was the greatest spiritual accomplishment I ever had. But that was also a dozen years ago. So there it goes, right? So I never thought my spirituality had anything to do with the amount of time I prayed. And may I say, neither does yours. Neither does yours. If there's one area of the Christian life that Christians beat themselves up, it is that they don't spend X, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, whatever amount. I don't spend that time every day in prayer. But if I ask you, well, do you pray? Well, yeah. I pray a sentence here. I, I pray a paragraph here. I I spend half a minute there. I spend a minute here. I spend, yeah, I talk to the Lord throughout the day. But you feel like you don't pray because you didn't spend 20 minutes or 15 minutes or 30 minutes. Could I just ask this question? How many Christians here have ever thought, I must not be good at prayer because I don't do that? Anybody ever feel that way? Man. Oh, the rest of you are self-righteous, huh? You, you feel good anyway. Okay, just, just checking. But uh, now I've not felt bad because I've never been taught that. I never went to a church where they... And so when I go to and they talk about prayer, they talk about, um, you know, start this way and do this way. And, and so they give me a formula, they give me a pattern, they give me a plan. And, and I'm good with that. But... Here's my attitude. I don't want to live my Christian life on somebody else's plan. Um, Thank you. I appreciate that. Good information. Am I going to adopt it because it's good information? No. If they could show me chapter and verse, that's, that's what I would do. But no. I think God wants an individual relationship with every one of his Christians, every one of his children... And that, because it's an individual relationship that God wants to have with you, what works for my life won't work for yours. What works for yours won't work for mine. Because the Holy Spirit wants something personalized. You ever get a text where someone's telling you how much they're praying for you and how much they love you and how much they appreciate you, and then you look up and find out it went to 98 other people? (laughs) <laughs> you ever get with something like that? Oh, that's always disappointing. And you think, oh, man, well, thank you. That's so much. And then I look at who it, oh, good night. I'm just one on the list. You know what? I never read it again. I, I just think, well, I appreciate I'm on your list, but it, it just lost its meaning. Those other uh, 97 names sort of negated how much you love me. But that's not the Holy Spirit. He's not sending out group text. He wants to talk to us personally, and he wants us to talk to him personally. Could I say also this? Never imitate another person's prayer. You find your way of communicating with God and be comfortable with it. I remember growing up, I've heard people Oh, thou great God of Jah, 
Hoshaphat and Jehovah, I mean, uh, Joshua and Jeremiah and Isaiah, and they start naming the prophets. I thought, oh, they must really want to get a hold of God. And, and then I, and, and then it dawned on me one day, maybe they just want to impress everybody else. I don't know. I don't like public prayer that tries to impress anybody. We're not trying to impress anybody when we pray out loud and we're leading in prayer. We're just trying to communicate to our God. That's it, period. And uh, as I pastor here for many years and have different people pray, uh, I would always, for instance, for many years, I've had Brother John Hoxie come up and pray. And I'd say, I like John praying because he actually prays. Uh, Lord, bless the day and bless the time and, and, and bless this and thank you and thanks for the weather and thanks that it didn't rain and thanks that... And I'm thinking, uh, okay, well, uh, I like someone just to talk with God. When I talk to God, I, I just don't mention the weather. I'm sorry, I'm, I maybe I should. Lord, thanks for giving us the day and it only rained a little bit on my head and so thank you. No. So have an individual relationship because that's what the Holy Spirit of God wants to do. Our prayer life, that open line of communication, the Holy Spirit of God plays that important part in our prayer life. And we need to look to the Holy Spirit's aid to be effective in our prayer life. And by effective prayer life, I'm not talking about time. I'm not talking about method or mode. Do you pray standing up? Do you pray kneeling down? Do you pray sitting down? Do you, it, I could care less. I'm sure God could care less. But are you communicating? That's it. Are you communicating? Are you letting God know your heart? And when you pray for someone else, are you, are you just putting them on the list? Are you just trying to mention their name? Or, or, or can you mention their name with concern? Lord, please. I know this person. It's, he's a dear person. She's a sweet Christian. She's got a family. She's got people. Lord, please touch her body. Please help, Lord, please. Do you pray like other people like you'd pray for your own mama or sister or brother? So I think that's what effective prayer is. And how does that happen? The Holy Spirit of God gives us that compassion for other people. And so I don't pray for everybody on my list every day. I don't have a list except in here. But I believe that as I pray, the people I should pray for, the Holy Spirit will prompt me to think of them. You see what I'm getting at? So don't beat yourself up, but let's talk about the Holy Spirit. He's your prayer partner. I spent a lot of time on introduction, but I think I've said some things that I want to say. Because don't think of your prayer life as checking a list and checking all the boxes. And, and now you'll have a good prayer life because that's not it. It's just communicating with God from your heart and through your spirit and with the aid of the Holy Spirit. 
So now let me go into several points very quickly. First of all, the Christian is to be praying with the aid of the Holy Spirit. We are to be praying with the aid of the Holy Spirit. In Jude chapter 1, it's only one chapter, verse 20, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, you say, well, uh, does that mean I'm speaking like the Holy Spirit? No, no. Because I just read to you in Romans chapter 8, the Holy Spirit uh, intercedes for us uh, with words that cannot be uttered. Okay, so everybody, do you understand the English, what that means? With words that cannot be uttered. Well, when I pray, I like to pray in this language or da, 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 da. Well, wait a minute, that's fine. But the Bible says the Holy Spirit communicates in a language that cannot be uttered. Have you ever been so burdened about something, but you didn't know what to say? The Holy Spirit does. He's your prayer partner. He will pray. Have you ever had a situation, whether it's take this job or that job, live this house or that house, or when you were younger, date this guy or that that lady or this one or that one, or, you know, you had to make decisions. You didn't know. You just wanted God's will. But you didn't know how to word it. But the Holy Spirit knows how to word it. So it's going to be just fine. He's your prayer partner. Um, The idea of this verse is we need to build up our faith. And when we let the Holy Spirit help us, We will be able to be filled with the Holy Spirit and pray for the things that we should pray for. He will teach us how to pray. He will give us the thoughts of what to say, how to say it, how to verbalize it. And he's good with that. Have you ever, in your your relationships, husband, wife, son, daughter, Have you had a good friend, a mate, that you know you can say things and not say it the right way, but they still understand what you're trying to say and they love you anyway? Aren't you thankful for that? They love you anyway. You say something, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean, I didn't mean to say that. Ah, that's okay. They're good with it because they know your heart. And so they're not concerned about the particular wording of something. They know your heart. And that's what the Holy Spirit of God does. And that's how he helps us pray. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 15, 14 and 15 says, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, we've, we have not yet talked about uh, speaking in unknown languages. That's part of the subject we'll eventually get to. But if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. In other words, a person could pray if if they believe in speaking in tongues. They pray in a different language, but they don't know what they're saying. So uh, what the Bible is saying is you can do that, but your spirit, uh, your understanding isn't helped. Because you're... Uh, you're not praying, but my understanding is unfruitful. So I, I talk, but I, didn't, I, I don't know what I said. But it says, what is it then? 
I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, I will sing with the understanding also. So, when you speak English and you're yielded to the Holy Spirit, you're praying in the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost lives inside of you, and the Holy Spirit is, you're yielded to the Holy Spirit of God. So, you don't have to pray in some secret language. God understands it all. But when you pray to the Lord, you you know, if you were raised Spanish, you'd pray in Spanish. If you were raised in Germany, you might pray in German. If you're, you know, the rest of us, we, we might speak English. Uh, uh, a lot of our uh, students from uh, South Korea, especially when they first come, they pray in Korean. I don't know what they're saying, but God knows what they're saying. They know what they're saying. That's, that's all that matters. It's that God knows, and they know. And so uh, the Bible says we can pray with the Spirit and pray with the understanding. We do not need some extra spiritual experience to talk and communicate with God and be in the Spirit. If we're yielded to the Holy Spirit of God, we are in the Spirit. So I said, first of all, the <coughs> excuse me, the Christian is to be praying with the aid of the Holy Spirit. Secondly, the Holy Spirit teaches us what to pray for. In Romans chapter 8, verse 26, likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmity. What's our infirmity? It's not physically. It's our lack of ability to know exactly what to pray for. He helpeth our infirmity, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. That's our infirmity. But the Spirit maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So the Holy Spirit has the ability to take our heart, our feeble words as we word our prayer, and communicate it very carefully and perfectly to God the Father, through God the Son, just exactly how it needs to be. So don't ever get to the place where you think you've got to pray the perfect prayer before God. You just have to be sincere and talk to God as your Heavenly Father, and you're good to go. And He loves that. He loves your voice. He just enjoys hearing from you. And that's what we need to know about prayer. Now that passage says we have infirmities, and one infirmity is we don't know what to pray for, but the Holy Spirit guides our mind to pray for what we should be praying for if we look to Him for help as we pray. He will bring to mind that which we should be praying for if we look to Him. So if you do that, you, you don't need a list with everybody's name on it. Because the Holy Spirit already read that list. He already knows that. But he'll bring to your mind maybe a list you've never thought of. He will bring to mind people you need to pray for, situations you need to pray for, uh, circumstances you need to pray for, relationships you need to pray for. And if you'll just trust the Holy Spirit of God, he will guide us in our prayer. He's our prayer partner if you will. The third thing is the Holy Spirit intercedes 
accompanying us in prayer. The Holy Spirit helps us in that he intercedes for us in prayer. And he intercedes with groanings which cannot be uttered. The word intercession in that verse 26, he intercedes for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. That word intercession here means someone who is alongside of as you present your prayers to the Heavenly Father. Like a friend with influence, he is present with us as we pray and goes with us to the throne of grace in prayer and stands there in the behalf of or alongside of as we make our requests to God in prayer. In other words, he's pleading on our behalf while we are pleading on the behalf of others in prayer. There's the word intercession in verse 26 of Romans chapter 8 and in verse 27 of Romans chapter 8. They are two different words for what in English is called intercession. Two different words. Both of them are like the office of an attorney that you would have to go to a a legal court. So you go to a courtroom, you don't know the procedures, you're not sure what the judge is looking for, and if it's a trial by jury, you surely don't know what the jury's looking for, and you're not sure how to present the evidence or how to present your case. So you go with an attorney. Why? Because he knows how to do that. He goes alongside of you. And so he presents what you have shared with him. The evidence you have, you've shared with him. He knows how to formulate it. He knows how to put it together. He knows how to present it. He knows how to state it in the best light. And so that's what he's for. He's not making it up. He got it from you. But he knows how to say it, whereas you would flop at trying. He will present it as best he can in that court. He goes alongside of you. That's the first meaning of intercession in verse 26. The second one is like that same attorney who shows up to present something on your behalf, but you're not there. You're not there. See, it's not a, it's not a, uh, a trial where you got to be in the court. It's an attorney that is simply representing you in a legal matter. And you don't have to show up. But he pleads your case without you. So what it's saying in verse 26 is the Holy Spirit pleads your case with you. And the Bible's saying in verse 27 that the Holy Spirit pleads your case without you. Have you ever prayed and then thought, oh, I forgot to pray for this? The Holy Spirit didn't forget. You forgot, but the Holy Spirit didn't. He presents your case. He knows what you meant to pray for, but forgot. How many know the Holy Spirit knows our infirmities, right? He knows our infirmities. 
He knows our forgetfulness. He knows the time we said to someone, I'll pray for you. And then about a month later, you think, I just remembered. I told him I'd pray for him. That's why I always make it a practice. As soon as I say, I'll pray for you, within that first minute, I'm already praying. Not out loud, but I'm praying for him. And if they ask me personally, I try to say, could I pray with you right now? I try to do it right then. Because now I'll remember it. Can I pray with you right now? I'll do that on the phone with people. Can I pray with you right now? I'll do it in person. But if I don't do it in person, I try to do it in the very minute, within the very minute that I said, I'll pray for you. I could be talking to them on the phone and while they're talking to me, I'm praying because I just told them I would and I'm going to. But if I forget, the Holy Spirit knows I said I would. He knows I meant to. So he is the attorney that goes alongside of, and he is the attorney that goes in the stead of. And that's exactly right. So um, he goes alongside of us and pleads our case. And then the Holy Spirit communicates our needs to the Father according to the will of God. When we ask amiss, the Holy Spirit does not help us in communing that which is prayed. You have not because you ask not. And when you ask, you ask amiss. Well, that's, that's always been a troubling verse right there. It says you don't, you don't have it because you didn't ask for it. But the next verse says, but you asked for it, but you did it all wrong. So should I ask or should I not ask? We, we need to understand is the Holy Spirit doesn't pray anything amiss. We do. Lord, I really want that job. Lord, please help me get that job. And the Holy Spirit's saying, Lord, what, Father, what he means is, if it's your will and it's for your glory and his benefit, then he wants that job. But if it's not your will... And that job is going to wind up biting him and affecting his family in a negative way. He doesn't want that job. So sometimes we ask amiss, but our prayer partner knows what's right and communicates effectively. It's like uh, someone at a court saying, well, yeah, I did this. And our attorney says, well, may I add what he meant was. And he straightens out the mess that we're making. And that's what the Holy Spirit of God can do. So the word intercession is not the same Greek word for intercession in verse 26. Here the Holy Spirit acts as our attorney that represents us with and without our presence. He takes our need to the Lord because he knows our need, even if we've gotten to pray for what we need. Uh, If we pray wrongly, he can correct our prayers If we pray differently than the will of God, he can help not communicate that prayer. If we're asking God for things that we know are are wrong or selfish, the Holy Spirit's just silent. I can't help you with that. You're on your own. If we pray differently than the will of God, he cannot communicate that prayer. If we forget to pray for something we really need... Matthew chapter 6, verse 8 says this, 
Your father knoweth the things that ye have need of before you ask him. He knows the things you have need of before you ask him. How's that work? Because he lives in us. The Holy Spirit lives in us. So before we ever pray, the Holy Spirit already knows what we need. So he helps us in prayer. He is our prayer partner because the Holy Spirit tells the Father of our needs. Now I hope this little study on the Holy Spirit being your prayer partner will give you a different perspective on prayer. That it's not a formula, it's not a list, it's not how much time It's just talking with God. One of the best things I ever heard on prayer, probably was 30 years ago or more, someone said, I like to think of prayer as like calling God in the morning and keeping him on the line all day. And I like that. You never hung up the phone. You just left it off the hook. Now, I know that's a different generation, right? (laughs) Every teenager says, what's that mean? I don't don't know what that means. How do you leave it on the hook? What hook? (laughs) (coughs) But the idea is, we talk to God in the morning, but we just leave the line open all day long. So we can talk to God anytime. And to me, that's what it means when it says men ought always to pray and not to faint. Not that you're constantly praying underneath your breath, but that you always got him on the line so you can talk to him anytime. And you're consciously living with that communication with God. Though it may be a few times a day, it may be many times a day, But you have him on the line, and you know he's listening, and you know the Holy Spirit's going to help you, and you're not worried about how you present your case. You just want to talk to God about your life, about those you love, about those you care about, about situation where you want him to intervene, and you just keep him on the line. And that, my friend, is what I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do as our prayer partner. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful that we can come to you. And Lord, throughout the years I've had people say they don't know what to say in prayer, but I'm so glad that you you want so desperately to hear from your children It really doesn't matter to you how they present their prayer. You just love their voice. You just love the fact that you are the subject of their prayer. And Lord, I'm so thankful for that. And Holy Spirit, it is so true that so many times we just don't know how to pray and what to pray for and whether to pray for this or that. I'm so glad you help us. I'm so glad you can bring to our thoughts people that 
we care about. And we'd love to see you intervene in their life. And Holy Spirit, we're so thankful that when we do forget them, you don't. Because you know what it's, you know what concerns our life. You know who we love. You know who we care about. And it's not just a name on a list to us. It's someone who's meaningful in our life. It's a situation we'd desperately love to see you intervene. Now, Father, I pray that this simple truth would be a help to every Christian here and those who watch online. I pray that it would help their prayer life. And I pray that no Christian would feel like a failure because their prayer life doesn't meet a standard that somebody else has. But it meets your standard if we just call on you out of a pure heart, a good heart, because we love you. And we're so grateful for all you've done in our life that we just want to talk with you. So, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time we've had. May it be a blessing to each of us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet. Think about what the Lord wants to do in your life, in your prayer. God bless you. Thank you. And thank you so much for a sweet hour of prayer. I, I appreciate that. Uh, I, ha- I had those about a dozen years ago, those hours of prayer. That was so good. But, uh, but praying, that's a beautiful, beautiful hymn there. Well, God bless you. It's such a joy to have each one of you here with us, and you are dismissed. Mm-hmm.